This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. Hi, um, today we're talking to Leonie Short from um, the Oral Health Program. Leonie, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about your role here at the university to start with? Yes, when I meet people, I tell them I'm the tooth fairy. And they sort of uh, sort of giggle or laugh. But if I tell them that, they might remember it, that, oh, that's the Tooth Fairy and that's the oral health program, instead of just saying, you know, what sort of area you're from. So I say Tooth Fairy, and the Tooth Fairy is a lovely person who brings children money. So it's, a, it's, a, it's like the Easter Bunny. Um, so it's a, it's a nice thing. And I'm, um, oral health has been a really big part of my life. And uh, we have a Bachelor of Oral Health program here, and it's the only one offered in Queensland. So we have something unique. That's amazing. And you're the head of course, is that right? That's right. Can you tell me about growing up? Where, where did you start out in um, Australia? And um, tell us a little bit about your family life, where you went to school, mm, things like that. Sure. I'm a, a twin, and I have an elder sister. And our early part of our life was in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales, a little town called Gresford. And my father was actually the local GP. And in those days, he actually had a hospital um, and a matron. And GPs actually did, um, um, you know, uh, operations like appendix and tonsils and delivered babies. And there was, I think, a um, one... Uh, radiography machine for like broken arms and legs so it was um, yes a long time ago it was a lovely childhood in the country and then we went to Sydney and I grew up at Westmead which is the next suburb to Parramatta so I'm a a Westie so to speak and it was um, uh, uh, Westmead actually had the first housing commission area uh, there, so there are um, oh a whole mix mixture of people from different backgrounds, lower socio-economic area, and I went to high school at Pendle Hill High School. Yeah, so a different um, a different background. Okay. Mm. So what inspired you then to get into oral health? Yes, my mother was really keen about oral health. Her mother was a nurse. And um, I don't know whether mum just got it from her mother, but mum was really fussy about oral health and she understood the sacrifices that her parents um, went through so that she and her sister could have good oral health. So it was the depression. And I remember my grandfather was a very good swimmer and he had a medal. And I remember mum telling me that grandmother actually took the medal in and got some money for it to actually pay for dental treatment for my mother and my sister. So, yeah, my mother was very fussy about it. And, and she thought she was doing the right thing, but in those days we had pure bristle, uh, bristle toothbrushes, which were really hard and caused quite a bit of erosion. Um, but we always had six monthly checkups and, and dental treatment. So mum was really interested. And one day at high school, I saw on the television that they were sending these people called dental therapists to New Zealand to train and that they would come back and work in Australia. And I've got Gough Whitlam to thank, the Prime Minister, Labor Prime Minister. He actually 
started the community health program and dental services for children were part of that program. So we had um, training schools for dental therapy around Australia and quite and I went to Westmead. So it was in the suburb where I was going to school and grew up. And uh, so Westmead School of Dental Therapy, and they wanted women to do it because we had little hands and we could go, our hands could go into children's mouths. So it was free dental care, and it still is uh, for all um, infants and primary school children. So, and I didn't have to go to New Zealand. I actually could um, just train there at Westmead. Okay, so after your training, you went and, and you started working in school-based um, dental care, that's right? Yes, that's right. So the in those days, all the married women stayed in Sydney and the unmarried ones like me were sent out to the country. They couldn't do that now, but they did it then. And um, so I went to Albury, that was the base, and um, I, st- I uh, worked in a, a caravan, a mobile dental van, and my first school was Tumbarumba. So that was near the, the Snowy Mountain Scheme, and it was really cold. One day the van uh, froze up. I also established the Lavington and Albury School Dental Clinics. So, and the region went from Tumbarumba all the way out to Wentworth along the Murray River. So it was a terrific experience. It's amazing. Mm. And um, so how many years were you involved in that? Yes, I was doing that for about three and a half years and then they wanted more people to teach in these training schools because I was one of the first and I'd been out there and got all this experience. I applied and I got the job. So I actually started teaching at the very end of 1980 and I graduated in, I think it was 1977, I think it was. And uh, so I actually worked at Shell Harbour School of Dental Therapy and I've trained many oral health therapists and I'm still friends with them today. That's amazing. So how did you enter university life? Yes, so unlike nursing, nursing actually had a big change where nursing moved from the hospitals to the university and that was a big shift. A lot of the old school people didn't think that the university program would be as good as the hospital training. And I think we've had it now for such a long time, we just ex- accept that. But it didn't happen with um, dental therapy. It actually stayed in the departments of health. And uh, a big change, though, happened, and it was Queensland. Queensland led the way, and I think still is in many respects. So Queensland decided that they'd... Uh, Uh, put together the dental therapist that treats children and to put it bluntly we actually drill, fill, extract and inject. So we actually do dentistry. So we don't just check and clean teeth, we actually do a comprehensive exam, referral for orthodontics or any pathology, we do restorations or fillings and on primary teeth we actually do pulpotomies, stainless steel crowns and extractions. And we also uh, f- uh, fill or restore permanent teeth as well. So mm. our children that go to the school dentist today, yes. so they will see... Uh, They'll see somebody like me. That's and amazing. people call it, everyone calls it the school dentist, yes. everyone. And the dentist visits once a month. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's all dental therapists and oral health therapists. That's right. We're the ones that drive that. And we've been safe and effective for over 50 years. It's a fantastic track record. But 
Um, sadly, no one knows this. They all think we're the school dentist. They actually don't know we're a dental therapist or an oral health therapist, and that's something we haven't actually been able to change very well. And then we had the private sector. So we had what was called a dental hygienist who was working in private dental practices. And that was based on the Northern American and European model. But the dental hygienist is more a preventive focus and so doesn't actually do what we call restorative dentistry. So doesn't pick up the handpiece or the drill, uh, as you might call it. Um, so more preventative. And they also can work in orthodontic practices and periodontic practices. That's for people with gum disease or periodontal disease. So we've got this private sector system and then we had this public sector system for children and Queensland Government was very um, had a lot of foresight and said this is crazy having these dental hygienists and dental therapists. Why don't we have a report and investigate putting it together to have a more contemporary, flexible, mid-level provider? So they did that and they actually started the first Bachelor of Oral Health program in Australia and I had a tenured senior lectureship at the University of New England at that time and I was actually working in a nursing school teaching in health services management and socio health sociology. And when this came up, I actually resigned from my tenured senior lectureship and took a six-month contract to go up to Brisbane to work on this Bachelor of Oral Health. And people said I was mad, but as a, as a person or as a woman, I think you need to take risks sometimes in your life and in your career. And it was something I really believed in and wanted to be part of. And that's how I came to the beautiful Sunshine State. And that was in 1995. A number of years later, you've turned up at CQ University. How did that come about? That's right. So when we started at, um, it was actually the University of Queensland in conjunction with QUT, Queensland University of Technology, to get that first bachelor's off, and also an upgrade course to upskill the dental therapists in Queensland Health to the new oral health therapist model. And that spread, and now that is the model in Australia and New Zealand. So I think of the 12 programs, they're all Bachelor of Oral Health, except for two advanced diploma courses in the VET sector, and they're at RMIT in Melbourne and TAFE South Australia in Adelaide. So um, I was actually part of the new dental school at Griffith University, and it was all going along well, but they decided that they would have a restructure and they were making sort of more money, I suppose, out of the dentistry students, which was a five-year program, than they were out of the three-year Bachelor of Oral Health program. So they closed or stopped the Bachelor of Oral Health program. I was made redundant, uh, which was really upsetting at the time. I went to a dental meeting and the president of the Australian Dental Association mentioned to me that he'd seen an expression of interest for CQ University to set up a Bachelor of Oral Health program. I said, thank you. So I applied Good and that's, it was great timing. And that's how I came to um, beautiful Rockhampton. And that was in March 2011. Mm. Okay, so you you came in when the course was just being created, is that 
Uh, Melissa Plath, my colleague, she'd written the first curriculum document in December 2010 and then I came in in March 2011 to finish off all that accreditation. And it was 2011 when we were really starting out in all our allied health programs and oral health programs. So they were starting physiotherapy, speech, ther- uh, speech pathology, occupational therapy, chiropractic, sonography. This is when the, the re- real growth period um, started and I was just part of that growth area. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the oral health program here at CQ Uni? Is it unique or is um, how has it advanced since you've been here? Yes, well, it is unique because it's the only uh, course in Australia and New Zealand whereby the students can do year one at a distance. So they can stay in Brisbane or Sydney or Chinchilla or Roma or Charters Towers um, and um, study online with a combination of the residential schools. And some of the people who have families and children really like that option. The other ones who really like it are the dental assistants. So they're working in a dental practice during the day, uh, part-time, and then they're studying year one in the Bachelor of Oral Health the other part of the time. But then students need to come here for years two and three. And um, people talk about work-integrated learning, but we actually do it big time and so we actually work our students um, four days a week 8am to 5pm in year three of the program in the dental practices and on placements and in year two we work them um, four days a week again doing work integrated learning either in the pre-clinical area or in our clinic on campus so we have a very hands-on mode to delivery The only way to show us that they're safe and competent practitioners is to actually do it. So here on campus, they're examining adults and children. They're doing restorations, cleaning teeth, doing whitening, providing dietary advice, the whole range of activities um, each day. So we must have um, a pretty unique facility on campus, is that right? Uh, uh, Most of the oral health programs have dental clinics on campus. Ours is unique because we also combine it with our health clinic. So that's the sub-acute chronic care rehabilitation clinic, they call it SACA for short, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's where people with a chronic illness uh, have a referral from a general practitioner to that clinic and then in a multidisciplinary way, they are assessed by the students and the staff and offered um, interventions. So it's people with diabetes, with um, uh, heart failure, uh, with um, different um, uh, mental illnesses, um, a whole range of um, impairments and disabilities. And that's unique. No other dental and oral health students do that interdisciplinary practice like our students. So they're there doing the multidisciplinary assessment And each Tuesday afternoon we do a case conferencing whereby the oral health students with the physiotherapy students, social work students, podiatry students discuss what they could offer that client. It's a fantastic opportunity here in Rockhampton. And that must benefit the community as well. And I suppose goes into the whole engagement process that the university is trying to envelop. 
That's right. We're treating uh, many patients and this morning we had a storm and wind all last night. So as soon as I woke up this morning, the students leave home at 7.15 to start clinic uh, at 8am and I, I just thought it was just too dangerous on the roads so I actually cancelled um, those clinics on and off campus and that's a big thing because we've got to cancel the appointments for the patients but it's probably safer if the patients also stay at home. So on one hand we're helping train health professionals who will go and work in regional areas, on the other hand we are providing health services for our community. It's a win-win. So what can our graduates of the program look forward to in their careers? A job. <laughs> Absolutely. All our graduates are fully employed. They are registered with the Dental Board of Australia as dental practitioners. And, and I, oh, I didn't bring the list with me, but they're working in places like Chinchilla, Roma, Charters Towers, Bowen, um, Cairns, Townsville, Mackay... Um, we've also got them in Nowra, in New South Wales, in Geraldton, in Western Australia, and one's actually gone to the Republic of Ireland for a, um, a workaway holiday. So they, and I think it's because we train local and regional people who will then go back and work in rural and regional Queensland. And so we are actually doing what the government really wants us to do and they're going there. A few might work in Brisbane but most of them are going to those regions where they get good and satisfying jobs and careers. What do you see as the, for the future for yourself here at the university and the program? Yes, well I just want it to consolidate I think and we're also looking for other clinical placements. At the moment the placements are here in Rockhampton with a voluntary placement out to Emerald, Springshore and Claremont for a, a rural placement but I think it's time um, for us also to spread our wings and have placements in other districts in Queensland so that students can experience another environment. So I think expanding we're also offering a Certificate 3 in Dental Assisting and a Certificate 4 in Dental Radiography and in Oral Health Promotion. That's a really exciting development which we're getting up at the end of uh, Term 2 this year. And those dental assistants who are doing that will hopefully then come into our Bachelor of Oral Health program as well. We're also wanting to start um, short courses, or we call them continuing professional development, CPD courses, and we're really trying to um, start that and offer upskilling training courses for local um, practitioners. So that's on the horizon. And um, we're working with our aged care facilities in town as well. Um, we go to a number of the aged care or residential care facilities providing oral health assessments and care plans and intervention for all those residents. And it'd be wonderful if we had a little bit more funding or support that we could offer that to more of the residential care facilities. Just looking at my notes here, you were once also a Member of Parliament. 
how on earth did that come about? That's right. <laughs> I actually was young and um, I knew from my first job that dental services could be organised better or planned better. So I was really interested in oral health policy. And so I got, um, I joined the Labour Party because I was living in Wollongong at the time. And that was the predominant, most of the people were Labour members and Labour voters in Wollongong with the steelworks and the coal mining. So uh, that was sort of um, um, what people did there. And I got involved, but I think I took my promotion of oral health policy perhaps a little bit too far and I ran in a by-election which we didn't think we'd win and we did we won with a 9.69% swing and the seat has never been held by Labor before it was the seat of Ryan and I'm really really proud that I I was the 56th woman to be elected to the House of Representatives and that was in 2001 so it's not many women only 55 before me so luckily uh, we've got more women and and I'm still involved in the Labour Party I'm a life member and I still work with Emily's List to support other women to be um, uh, elected to state or federal parliament or even local government elections I'm supportive of women uh, to join from any party actually to be involved in politics it's a tough game it's winner takes all, loser loses all, but it's a game that um, I, I loved representing the community and working in the community. Um, is there anything else that we can learn about Leonie Short that our listeners might love to know about? Um, any hobbies or interesting habits? Or It's funny because I, I really like reading the newspapers and I still love um, reading the news. And if you ask me what my hobby is, I just like to be involved with what's happening and to know what's happening around me. And um, I suppose that's my sort of hobby. Um, and, um, and here in Rockhampton, we're so fortunate because we can actually get to know our mayor, uh, Margaret Strilo from Rockhampton Regional Council and our councillors our state members, Bill Byrne and Brittany Lauger, our federal member, um, Michelle Landry, these, and our senator, Matt Canavan, these people are all accessible to us. And I suppose if there's anything, my quirk is I still like politics, and I'd encourage people to get to know their members. And if they're passionate about something, like I'm passionate about oral health, um, I urge them to um, um, talk to them. The sad thing is that I actually started campaigning for better oral health services in the, the late 1970s and I think it's sad in 2017 that I'm still campaigning for oral health services. So that might say I'm not very successful at what I do <laughs> and, and, and people can laugh, but it's a real shame that Medicare covers the whole body but not the mouth. So if there's anything that people have to pay for, it's dental care. Only those people with health care cards or eligible Queenslanders can receive dental care at our very well-equipped public health clinics. But for the vast majority of people, it's um, private, um, either paying yourself or um, assistance from private health insurance. So I'm still campaigning for that, which I think is sad after all this time. But I'll keep on going. Thank you.